Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Folks, it's Tuesday night, and it's time for Blog Talk Radio, and here we are with a special guest, someone I am uh, new to tonight, uh, myself, and so looking forward to getting to know him uh, briefly and and uh, getting to find out uh, some of his insights into our topic if you've been following along with the catch, you know that we are in a series uh, about the 12 steps. And we're talking, yes, about the Alcoholic Anonymous 12-step program. And, uh, and yet, we are taking these 12 steps and looking at them from your basic uh, believer's uh, standpoint. And trying to see what what can we learn as as believers from these steps because we know we know one that they're biblical and we know that they have helped millions of people to uh, not only um, overcome their addictions but have helped millions of people actually can get connected to God that's been the uh, the amazing thing about these 12 steps because they are not religious they are not connected to any church they are uh, and yet uh, God has used this in an incredible way and so here we are as believers we want to come and say what can we learn from these 12 steps so we've had a lot of experts we've had a lot of counselors um, we really only have had one person so far last uh, a couple weeks ago, um, my friend Dan Cunningham, who has actually who uh, is an AA member and and can talk to us from th- that standpoint. And we're going to have another guest um, today who can talk to us about their experience and. And 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 bring insights from um, their own struggle with with addiction. Um, our guest is uh, someone I've talked to uh, years ago, uh, and, and his connection with radio. And so we're gonna we're gonna actually check on that a little bit and have him refresh my memory on um, his experiences in in radio. And then he has gone on to become a, an elementary school teacher which I have huge respect for anybody who can pull that off. And um, he is also a real proponent of life story writing, which is sounds fantastic and something that um, I think we could all benefit from. He has a website 
that will help you uh, along the way. And so I think he's going to become a good member here, a good friend of us here at the catch as we look at some of these things. But tonight, the one piece of information about him that is relevant to our study is that he is 27 years sober. So we're going to hear a little bit about Tom's story and have him shed some light on the spiritual aspects of the 12 steps. Tom, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Well, thank you very much, John. I, that was a fantastic uh, opening to your show, and I appreciate the introduction. And, uh, yeah. and you're right, we'll speak about my experience, strength, and hope, as we like to say in the in the, in the program talk. Um, and I'm, I'm close to 27 years sober. It'll be in June that, that I'll, I'll hit that mark, but uh, what we really know for anybody that's that's walking that path is all we really have is today. You know, we're the most important thing wow. is what's going on in the in the the 24 hours that we're living right now. Um, and I wow. uh, I appreciate the invitation to be on the program, and I and I do want to say uh, right from the beginning too, just so that people are clear about something that's very important with Alcoholics Anonymous is if you ever hear someone talking about it in a platform like we are now, or we're in a you know in a media form. I don't speak for Alcoholics Anonymous as the organization. I'm speaking only from my own experience. That's one of our traditions is that we're, we're anonymous at the level of press, radio, and film. So when you hear me share my experiences, please understand we're talking about my experiences with the program and how I think it can help in our spiritual development, but I don't speak for the organization of Alcoholics Anonymous because that's that's not fair for anyone who's – uh, in so in recovery to do. But okay. That's we don't okay. Good. On a, on a pedestal. Do you understand? Right. 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 I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And uh, that, that's a, that's a great clarification too. Um, uh, Tom, but let's before we go in there, let let's let's go back to radio. And is that okay. where did we meet? Did did I meet you ever? Or did, I don't, where I don't did we, we ever, where did met? We, We've never physically met. We met uh, by phone and uh, email, kind of over the internet, because I became aware of what you were doing uh, with your your music and uh, mm-hmm. the catch. Really, kind of in the early days, maybe uh, oh, 15 years ago. I'm I'm thinking, um, and I uh, was in radio from like 1976 through about 2008. Um, but I also had some time where I was in my own spiritual development, uh, uh, helping uh, pretty much write and post all the content for a, for a website called Living the Solution. It's no longer uh, uh, on the internet anymore. But uh, uh, one time I was, you know, I was kind of I was writing about mm-hmm. spiritual things, God, Christianity, and 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 I I'm pretty sure I probably came across your um, your information and what you were doing with the catch. Uh, through my research that I would do for living the solution. Great. Great. Um, in radio, was that, um, was that Christian radio or? Uh, some radio of it was, but, uh, but most of it was, most of it was secular rock radio. Uh, I'm i cool. I'm a baby boomer who grew up on rock and roll, still mm-hmm. love rock and roll and uh, worked in radio stations from uh, Albuquerque to, San Diego and Southern California, Michigan, Florida. So kind of, you know, made the rounds 
like a lot of radio guys do, and uh, spent mm. time as a program director at many stations, which uh, all that title means is that, that uh, I would herd the cats that were all the <laughs> all the on-air personalities, uh, work with them, and, and uh, also uh, kind of oversee the, whatever the programming was, the, what music we might be playing. And and most of the yeah. most of the music that I was involved with was what you would consider classic rock radio now, uh, but some of it was current okay. back in you know back in the seventies and eighties that was current music. Right, right. That's so cool. Well, what and then uh, wh- how did you make a transition into to school teaching? Was that something that you <laughs> you wanted to do, or what what happened there? You know, <laughs> I never ever in school. Uh, in my school days thought, gee, I can't wait to grow up and become a school teacher. <laughs> it was not on my radar. Uh, yeah. It kind of came out of left yeah. field. I think uh, God, I think God kind of called me into this one. Uh, 2008, the recession hit pretty hard as people will recall. And uh, uh, my radio position was eliminated and I was unemployed uh, and over 50 and, and mm. nobody was hiring uh, in radio locally and I didn't want to move anymore. Uh, and so I started kind of, you know, looking around for what else I could do. I'd already been involved in, in doing life story writing, but uh, that's kind of an entrepreneurial thing. It wasn't a, a full-time, you know, breadwinner situation. Uh, and I I just kind of started praying about it, and I was going through a lot of um, what I would look back now on and consider spiritual growth. Uh, and it just kind of came to me that, you know, hey, maybe I should try uh, school teaching. Uh, and I had some friends who had done that as a second career that were, you know, around my age, and they encouraged me. And but I had to, uh, you know, I had to go back to school and get certified. And uh, yeah, you get right. It, it was a little bit. It was it was a lot of work to get there. Uh, but now I've been involved in it for about seven years. And as I tell people, uh, uh, the hardest job, the greatest job, <laughs> all kind of combined. Mm, together. I bet it's. It's yeah. a lot of work. You don't do it for the money, uh, but you. But if you get, you mm-hmm. know, any kind of glimmer in the eyes of a young kid who, like, you know, receives something that you just passed on through education, uh, and it helps them, uh, you know, on their journey, then that's it's all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. What age group? Uh, pretty much. What grade? I got the. I have. I teach fifth grade. I teach fifth graders. So I. Kind Great. of consider it the wonder years. You know, that's 10 and 11 years yeah. old. Uh, they're, uh, mm-hmm. you know, old enough to reason a little bit, uh, but they're mm-hmm. still kids. Um, and uh, they're not quite teenagers yet. Uh, and that's coming. But, you know, I'm I'm trying to help them get ready for that. And, and uh, the amazing mm-hmm. thing for me is <laughs> how much how much I really learn every year, you know, I I, I may be a teacher, wow. but I'm I'm back I'm back in school too. Mhm, mhm. Well, well, I think we all can think back on even our elementary school. I mean, I can remember my fifth grade teacher, and uh, yeah, yeah. it doesn't mean that. Yeah, I can, and um, it doesn't mean that. You know, I, there are three or four elementary teachers that I can remember, and. And somewhere in there, there's somebody that inspired you. You know, we we had a connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, boy, I, I just think if you can do that, you know, to one person, it's it's amazing uh, to, to, to imagine uh, the impact of, 
of one life, even one life that well, you, that's, you that's connect you with on that level. You know, that's what I that's yeah. what I hope for as a teacher and and other teachers that I talk to. I mean, I know that's what they're why they're doing it too. Uh, it's not yeah. just a job. Uh, but there are so many uh, opportunities in so many different professions for people to to do that, and that's really kind of where I think it's at. You know, it, at this point in my life, being 62, uh, I I I look at those people who are whether they're in a ministry or in the health field. My son's a nurse. Um, uh, my sister's an occupational therapist. I look at people that that are doing that kind of stuff, and you know, they're making a difference in lives. So. To me, that's yeah. the most important thing. And I'm sure a lot of that came out of just spending years and years in recovery, uh, discovering that I was have been my own worst enemy mm-hmm. in life, and I needed I needed to quit being so self-centered and start living for others. Mm. Mm. Well, that's a good transition then. T- t- tell us, let's go into that area of your life. Let's talk about um, your... your uh, Addiction. I mean, how did you find out? How did it dawn on you that sure. you were an alcoholic and you needed help? And and then and uh, well, just just yeah, share that with us a little bit. And then I want to okay. get into you know, and then I I want to get into more uh, the ongoing the ongoing nature of of the twelve steps and your experience you know with that. Okay, very good. Well, what uh, what we say in in uh, in our meetings when we're sharing our story is uh we talk about what it was like, what happened, and what we are like now. So, what it was like ah. was from from the get-go when I was 15, 16 years old when I first had any alcohol, loved it. Uh liked being um a drunk. Uh, didn't like being a drunk, but I liked liked the buzz that I got. Uh, and so, uh, in fact, one of the very first times that I got pretty inebriated, ironically, uh, uh, was was uh, a gathering of kids who had just gone to a summer church camp. Uh, and uh, so, no poor reflection on the church camp. It wasn't their fault. Uh, it was just a bunch of teenagers who decided spiked watermelons was a lot of fun. Uh, and I got kind of falling down drunk and um, and uh, uh, that was, you know, that was probably the first time I ever kind of got inebriated. But in high school um, in upstate New York, it was 18 to uh, legally drink. Uh, and so, you know, uh, kids in high school could legally drink, although I was sneaking into bars at 17. Uh, and I just uh, – it never occurred to me back during those days that I had a, any kind of problem uh, drinking alcohol. Uh, now, I don't recommend that kids – drink alcohol if they're underage, uh, although I know that it happens. Uh, but for me, there must be something in in my nature, whether it's genetic or whatever, that mm-hmm. is, you know, that has an, addic- an addictive um, proclivity to alcohol. Uh, I just mm-hmm. drank more than I needed to. I always drank well beyond, uh, you know, some people when they drink, they're like, Ooh, I'm starting to get a little buzz, and then they so they stop. That's when I would like to mm-hmm. start drinking more. Uh, and so I did it, you mm-hmm. know, regularly for probably about 20 years. Um, I got uh, into some uh, drinking and driving trouble when I was 35, and that uh, set me on the path. Ironically, because uh, it wasn't my own. It wasn't like I reached a point where I went, 
oh boy, I'm an alcoholic, I need to stop drinking. I did, that didn't happen to me on my own. Uh, I got in trouble and I started worrying about losing a job and uh, losing my family. And I knew there were problems that were connected to drinking, but I didn't know that I was an alcoholic. Uh, but I, I had to start going to some counseling uh, as part of um, my consequences for drinking and driving. Uh, and I got mm-hmm. sent to AA meetings as a result. Uh, which I really didn't like at all at first. It was like, how dare you uh, send me to these meetings? Mm. <laughs> uh, but it was mm. what I needed. Wow. So it was kind of it was kind of God working sideways, maybe uh, put nudging me into uh, a place where I could discover what my problem was and and get some help. Um, so once I um, once I truly bottomed out, which is I had already stopped drinking for three or four months, but I lost my job. I got fired. Uh, my life was unmanageable. Uh, and uh, I suddenly ha- I, I kind of hit an emotional bottom at that point, and and that's when my recovery really started kicking in because I started taking it seriously. I I I surrendered. I admitted I was mm-hmm. powerless over alcohol. That my as we say, our life is unmanageable in that first step, uh, and that second mm-hmm. step is that the you know we need help, and the third step is uh, there is some help available. It's a spiritual help. Uh, it's a higher power. That you know, God as you choose to uh, understand God, mm-hmm. which is kind of ironic too, because I don't think anybody really understands God, but we do all have our own kind of, I guess, way to try to wrap our minds and uh, our, you know, our hearts around yeah. Yeah, our belief. Yeah, whatever your belief system is, and mm-hmm. my, you know, mine has evolved over the years. I, I, I am a Christian, and I don't see any conflict. Uh, for the AA program with my Christian beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, In mm-hmm. fact, they they kind of enhance each other. Uh, but yeah. uh, once I once I got on the path and, and really started working the steps and got some sobriety, I, you know, I had some ups and downs still. I never, I've never relapsed since I came into the program, and that's only the grace of God. That's not anything that I personally accomplished on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that there, there have been times where I've come close uh, to to uh, you know, maybe taking a drink, but usually what would happen is I'd be at a meeting and I'd hear somebody with about the same amount of sobriety as, that I currently had at that time say that they had gone out and that it was horrible mm. and that they were they were back and starting over again. So it was kind of like you know those those stories uh, wow. are 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 ways to help. You know, they're little messages from God. But uh, over the years, I've uh, you know I've continued to stay active uh, in my uh, recovery. I have worked with other people. I have a sponsor who works with me. Uh, you know, we kind of we live the steps. We don't just. Uh, it's not like something that you do that's like a, uh, oh, like a like a a task that you check off. They are they are mm. uh, a, they're a, they're a design for living is is one of the kind of the, some of the lingo that we use. You hear some program what we call program talk but there there are things that just say things like well mm-hmm. our, our stories are, are important our personal experience is important if you want what we have and you're willing to go to any length to get it then uh, then uh, here it is uh, it's freely offered it's not nobody one of the most genius things I've ever seen about the program or experienced about the program is nobody makes you do anything you ah. have free will to to, to choose or not to choose, but if you are a true addict or alcoholic and you don't do anything about your problem, it'll the, the consequences will catch up with you. 
you, you know, you won't yeah. just magically uh, no longer be a, an alcoholic or addict without doing some, you know, some work on yourself, mm-hmm. uh, which comes through uh, those steps. Uh, I love this phrase that you said earlier, you, we live the steps. Can you talk about mm-hmm. that a little more? Um, yes. Okay, so what, is, what does that mean to live the steps? Well, uh, in my own experience, when I wake up every morning, uh, you know, when I was back in the throes of alcoholism, I used to wake up and think, oh, God, I'm awake. Uh, I'm still alive. I'm still here. Oh, life is still poor and horrible. Now I wake up and, you know, I don't bound out of bed like uh, like uh, Tigger in the, the Winnie the Pooh series. But I but I do wake up and, and, and try to right away uh, realize, hey, I'm alive and I'm still sober. And that's a good thing. And now how am I going to start my day? And I try to connect with... Uh, you know, some spiritual reading and prayer and meditation, and and uh, you know, you know, look at look at what's ahead for the day, and I just try to live in the day. And I'm not successful at that all the time, like because I don't think any human beings are. We a lot of times we're worrying about what happened in the past or what's gonna what we think might happen in the future. But the real key to joyful living is to try to stay in the moment. So I try to do that, and and that's uh, that's kind of steps one, two, and three. Um, at the end of the day, I try to spend some time looking at what happened during the day and, you know, what, it, what went well and what do I need to work on. And that's kind of a 10th step. It's kind of like a mini four step, which is to take, you know, inventory for your day. And, and if I realize that I need to um, make amends to anybody, if I've hurt anybody, I need to do that, uh, you know, when I, as soon as the opportunity presents itself. And that's not always easy to do, uh, but it makes it makes me more aware of my actions. You know, when I was drinking, I didn't think about particularly how my uh, actions affected other people. I was mostly just concerned with my own agenda. Uh, and now I recognize that, you know, every every interaction, you know, can can mm-hmm. uh, help people or hurt people. Uh, and then the um, the the other thing that's really living the the steps is that twelfth step, uh, which I don't think you've gotten to yet in your series, but it's about um, uh, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to practice these principles in all our affairs. And that's a pretty mm. big statement. In everything you do, are you living the principles of of the 12 steps? And mm. if you're a follower of what Jesus taught, it's the same exact thing, mm. I think. You know, I don't see any difference. Uh, how do I, how do I how do I live in peace and harmony and compassion and kindness and love and thoughtfulness of others in a in a given twenty four hour period? And I got to wow. tell you, I don't feel like I'm any kind of like great success story at that. Uh, I've, I'm much better than I was. Uh, when I first came, got mm-hmm. sober, but, uh, you know, I'm, God's not done with me yet either. I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. What do you think, um, what do you think we can learn, the, those of us who may not be alcoholics, um, what can we learn from the 12 steps? I mean, I know that's a big question, but um, yeah. 
you know, well, there's, pick, pick I think there's, I think there's one or two very things practical that, that things. stick out. I think there's, yeah. Okay. I, th- I think there's very practical things that we can learn. One is um, uh, to be aware of who you really are, warts and all. Okay. And that's in the middle of the 12 steps is what they call that inventory process. You do a four step where you sit down and you do some writing and you look at all the things that uh, you have resentments toward or, uh, you know, faults and shortcomings that you've had and ways that you've hurt other people and things that you're mad about. And you put all that down on paper and then you find somebody, a trusted friend that you can talk to about that. And that's your, that's your fifth step where you share that you're sharing that with, not only that person, that trusted friend who will listen and give you some, hopefully some uh, good feedback of their own experience, uh, but God's also there present hearing that. So, you know, you know, God already knows all this, but to mm-hmm. kind of admit it to God and say, okay, this is what, I, I really wasn't very good at, at, at doing this or that, and I want to change. And then your six and seven steps mm-hmm. are, are, you know, you're, you're bringing that to God and saying, uh, I'm ready to get rid of it. Uh, please relieve me of it. And that's a lifelong endeavor. But anybody can be working on, uh, you know, recognizing, you know, what their shortcomings are and, and what can they do to, to change. And you only change by living it, right? It's not a theoretical exercise. In other words, if, if you have a problem with um, uh, pride or anger or uh, – greed or, you know, any of those seven deadly sins, the only way that you'll change is be in situations where they present themselves and you have a choice to make. Am I going to be greedy now or am I going to be generous? Am I going to be patient or am I going to uh, be, you know, demanding my own way? All those sort of things. And and that's just that's just life. That's you know God God's supposed to help us with that, and I believe that God does help us with that. So those those twelve steps can apply to anybody, whether you have an addiction or not. Uh, but I also, from my own opinion, believe everybody's addicted to something, if nothing else, to our own mm-hmm. thinking. Uh huh. Think of how much. And and what yeah. I would ask anybody listening right now is, be honest. What do you think about most of the time? Is your thinking repetitive? I I bet it probably is because I know mine is. Mm-hmm. I think about a lot of the same things over and over and over, so I'm addicted to my thinking. It's really hard to <laughs> sit quietly and not think. It's almost impossible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the the, uh, the 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 spiritual masters and the mystics and all those people they all say you know be still and know that I am God. They pretty much say so- something uh, to the equivalent of that, which means stop thinking for you know a little bit of time and just be present. Hmm. And that's the eleventh wow. step, by the way. Uh, so there's that's also another practical application from the twelve step program. The eleventh step talks about. Uh, Using prayer and meditation to improve your conscious contact with God as you understand God. Hmm. Wow. So, you know, th- we don't. I'm beginning to get the idea that these are not steps that you work your way through. Like, if you get, you know, you do one, two, three, four, and and then you'll never have to go over those again. You you know, as you <laughs> as you get a step, 
as you get a step, you get somewhere and that kind of thing. And yeah. uh, it's it's really more cyclical, isn't it? Isn't it? That, I think that so. You're... They do. They do build on each other, I think. Uh, but yes, I agree mm-hmm. that they're like a wheel. So you get through all of them, and then you continue going around and around the wheel. And uh, you know, you know, once you've done the steps, maybe once or twice all the way through, uh, you don't always have to go in order. You. Uh, use whatever's going on in your life mm-hmm. to, you know, find it. So if if it's that you need to make an amend to somebody, well, then you look at the amend steps, the eight, nine, and the tenth steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's uh, that you're really not, you suddenly become aware of uh, a new addiction or or a new sh- um, shortcoming in your life, then you you can use the the middle steps, the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh steps for the inventory. If you are a control freak and you discover mm-hmm. that you're still trying to run everybody's life, including your own, you're back at step one because <laughs> wow. your life is unmanageable. There's no, way, there's no way to successfully run everybody's life and your own. That's God's job, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but, I, but, right. I, but, you know, saying that sounds funny, but, you know, I know it's true for me that I still often, I, ne- I would never tell people, I think I'm God. But sometimes I live my life like I'm the god of my life, that I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and if I don't get my own way, then you know I I, I suddenly have a you know like I have problems. Well, that's a, that's way different from uh, you know being a, a a servant of others. That was you know that, that's to me one of the things I think sometimes gets lost in the gospel that Jesus said the Son of Man came to serve, not to be served. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty cool, yeah. and that's why he washed feet, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah. Uh, so yes, I think the wow. steps uh, are very practical for anyone, whether you uh, are an alcoholic or a drug addict. Um, you don't have to be one of those to still benefit from the twelve steps, but but it may not uh, it may not click as much for you unless you have a real need for it. It works great for people who really do have a life-threatening addiction, whether it's food or alcohol mm-hmm. or drugs or gambling. There's a lot of 12-step programs now that have adopted yeah. the, the the 12 steps that Alcoholics Anonymous got, which, by the way, came out of other spiritual developments too. It's not like um, AA's 12 steps are unique to spiritual growth. Uh, uh, the founders of the program were exposed to things like the Oxford Group which was a spiritual program uh, mm. that was helping people with addictions, but also helping people in many other struggles. Uh, and early, you know, first century Christianity to me is kind of just, it's the 12 steps are just a rediscovery of what that is. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I'm amazed that, you know, like you say, you're going to be in June, 27 years sober, and you're still going to meetings. Um, I, I'm amazed. <laughs> yeah, but tell you know me what? about I, that. Uh, what? Well, I, 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 I like, I still like to go uh, because I, uh, when I go, I get reminded of how much I need it, and um, and I also just, uh, you know, have run across too many people who stop going to meetings and then. If they didn't go back to drinking or drugging, they their lives they still they became what we call dry drunks. They kind of you know 
sort of became disconnected and and frustrated with life and i, I don't want to be that way um but uh, mm. I think I kind of owe it to the people that helped me along the way to keep coming and, and showing up and try to pass a, along a little bit of of hope uh, to to the newcomer. Because when you're ah. new, it's like this is all so overwhelming, and I don't even know what you're talking about, and it's confusing. And, you know, it takes time. This is not it, – it needs to take time. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, that I've discovered is if God tried to give me everything that God's given me over the past 27 years in the first year – Oh, I I couldn't have handled it. Mm, mm, mm. I really couldn't have handled it. It would it was it would be too much huh. growth at one time. I need I need uh, slow steady recovery. Uh, but I also just mm. find that that the the people I experience in in, in meetings are so genuine, uh, so honest, so funny, uh, mm. and <laughs> so and so real, so real. I, you know, a lot of times, you know, in our day, in, at least in my experience, I don't know about other people, but I, I'm guessing it's probably true for a lot of other people too. A lot of our interactions with other people are not very real. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're yeah. they're they yeah. might be a little bit. I mean, think right. I think right now we're being kind of real, but I think a lot of times our interactions with people are, we're just kind of surface, and and we're acting right. and we're letting mm-hmm. people see and hear what we think they want to see or hear. Ah. Uh, so that that's one of the reasons why, yeah, that would be yeah, one and of the I need, reasons so why I, you like if, going back. Yeah, because if I don't, I I might start acting uh, a little bit more mm-hmm. too. I, I probably still do. I'm I'm sure I still put a face on, uh, just like all of us, because we're human and we want to, uh, you know, uh, protect our ego, uh, and so sometimes that means that we have to not reveal who we really are, or we try to people think that we're somehow more important or better than we are. Uh, one of the things that I found from from uh, my recovery is what humility really means. Because humility, mm-hmm. most people think it's kind of like a bad thing. To be humble, you're, you, it's kind of a negative thing. No, it's being real. It's being real. It's being your actual self, the actual size you're supposed mm-hmm. to be, not less than, not more than. Hmm. That's kind of a hmm. to me that was a revealing definition, and I kind of like it. Wow, that's great. But if you don't like your if you don't like <sighs> yourself, uh, you know, then then there's you know that's part of what the steps I think will help you with too because uh, we all need to kind of like ourselves, uh, you know, not not yeah. uh, falsely like it, but you know, be honest about ourselves. But you know, God doesn't make junk, so. Uh, if God, if everybody's a child of God, then there's there's something good and sacred to, you know, to celebrate about that. Yeah. Do you think church should be a little bit more like AA meetings in some ways? Well, um, yeah, yeah, yes and no. I mean, uh, I'm excited right now that uh, you know it's Lent, uh, and mm-hmm. so for the church that I go to, we actually have a number of us are on doing a Lenten program for six weeks where we're meeting as a group once a week and there's probably about a hundred of us and then we break we're all in small groups that we break into after about a half an hour uh and uh small groups I've found so far it's only been three weeks but I've found they're a lot like 
kind of like AA meetings in, in terms of the honesty mm-hmm. and the um, kind of the sacred space that we're in and uh, and the respect that you get. One of the things that that we could we could see more right. of in church or in life in general that I think we could take away from 12-step meetings is when somebody's talking in a meeting, nobody interrupts them. It's mm. like a it's it's like an, they're not supposed to anyway. I mean, sometimes it does happen, but but 99.9% mm. of the time it it doesn't happen. If somebody's sharing, everybody else is listening or quiet. Wow. And then mm-hmm. when they're done, they're usually like thanked. Hey, thanks for sharing, Tom. And then uh, somebody else will share. Mm-hmm. Either they're called on yeah. or they're volunteering their share. And that's unusual in our society today. Most of the time people yeah, are shouting is. over each other. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is kind it's of sad, common, right? Especially what common, common courtesy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I wonder how many times Jesus got interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever think about that? How many times Jesus maybe got interrupted? I'm sure the Pharisees interrupted him. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, he was so smart though. The the way he dealt with people, I love that. I love just. Oh yeah, he was a, his... a psychological genius. Um, <laughs> so, so some yep. of the things that 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 of how he handled conflict. Mm-hmm. And uh, people who tried to lay traps for him yes. had ingenious mm-hmm. answers that we still learn from today. He, yeah, you know, uh, just great. Like you know, uh, make this choice. Who are you going to condemn this woman to die because she was caught in the very act of adultery? If you don't condemn her, then you're not upholding our law. If you uh, 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 do condemn her? Oh, then you're not following what you said about uh, you know uh, being judgmental. So they thought they had a perfect mm-hmm. friend. Boy, did he turn yeah. it on their heads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look, whoever of you he doesn't have a sin, you can throw the first stone. Yeah, I yeah. would have slunk away too. Yeah. <laughs> well. Just one last. We, we've got. We've actually gone a little over time here because it's just. This is really good. I'm enjoying it. I and, uh, but I. I got a personal question. I'm. I'm stuck on the making amends one. You know. Um, okay. Yeah. Because I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I, I'm I not hear you. Sure, I want to go <laughs> interrupt people's lives. You know, because it's uh, because of mm. something. You know, way way back when. Um, and yeah. uh, I almost feel like I'm, I'm bothering them or I'm interrupting their lives. So did you have? Did you struggle yeah. with that at all? And how did of you course. find your way through that? Of course. And and here's yeah. what gets talked about uh, when we discuss that step in meetings or with uh, you know or in small groups or whatever. Uh, that's one of the reasons why you want to have a sponsor who's already done those steps. So that you can sit down mm-hmm. with them first, and and the eight steps says make a list first of all those people you're going to make amends to, and become willing to make amends yep. to them all. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before you yep. even go off to make any amends, you've you've got to first come up with that list and really think about well, right. what am I making an amend for? And then if you bounce it off somebody you can trust, like your sponsor, your sponsor might say, uh, that one I definitely think you need to do, and this one you can save till later, but you still need to do it if the opportunity arises. And that one, you know, maybe you shouldn't stir the hornet's nest. Uh, you know, because mm-hmm. there are certain situations where it would cause more harm than good. 
uh, and it says it in the step that you don't mm-hmm. you don't make that amend right. if it's going to cause more harm. So in other words, we don't buy peace of mind uh, at the expense of somebody else. Um, but I've made amends with people uh-huh. who they didn't really, you know, they weren't like, gee, thanks for making that amends, Tom. Uh, no, they were like, yeah, you were kind of uh, a bad person in that situation. They might not say it in mm. those words. Um, or, uh, you know, when I made my amends to my wife at, at kind of early on, her response was, well, we'll see, <laughs> which I thought was a really yeah, good response. You know, at one. the time, I didn't like yeah. it. At the time, I didn't like mm-hmm. it, but now I, I go, well, that was a really good response. She was like, yes, you're mm-hmm. telling me. Now let me see it. Let me see if you right. really mean it. Uh, so that was yeah, uh, that was profound on her part. And I've had people that I've made amends to that you know I've written letters to or whatever and never heard back from. And I've had people who responded and were like, uh, kind of were like, well, no, you know what? Uh, I had my part in it too. And they end up, you know, asking for forgiveness or whatever. So it's it's a real mixed bag, and it kind of depends on what the situations are. But it's it is important to do. Uh, because we, it's wow. this is another AA speak uh, thing. Mm-hmm. We're cleaning up mm-hmm. our side of the street. We're responsible <laughs> for our side of the street. We don't have to go clean oh, like your that. side of the street, but we have to clean our side. So. I like that. Well, I don't know if that helps you or I, not, I, but you know, John, if you have somebody that's, that's trusted, a trusted friend that you can talk with about some of those potential amends, they might give you some good yeah. feedback, and then you, and then you pray and Great. ask God to go with you on it. Mm-hmm. Great, great. This is really helpful. You know, I, I'm think what I'm thinking and, and learning just from talking to you and my friend Dan um, a couple of weeks ago. It, uh, you know, there's it, it's a, we can learn something from the steps, but we we're gonna learn. It's really limited what we can learn through, other than actually going through them with someone. And and being involved yeah. with the group, you you guys, you know, you getting together two three times a day, going through these things and going through your lives together. Wow, you know, I mean, there, there's a wealth of information that also comes out um, yeah. of experience and and from the sponsors and from people who've been around a while. I'm sure there's a lot more that we see yeah. than what we see when we just look at the twelve steps. Yeah. Well, and, um, until you have your own experience true? with them, it's it's all just theoretical. So everybody has right. to kind of have some some exper- right. experiential living to go with their beliefs, uh, so that you can you can test out those beliefs and kind of see what happens. And and what I've found is that you know what those steps hold up. Uh, they uh, they are you know on a much deeper level than I ever dreamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. they're so psychologically they're good, uh, uh, mm-hmm. soulfully they're good. Um, uh, so it's it is a good way of living for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I I really need it, and uh, you know I think uh, there's a lot of other people who say yeah that they mm-hmm. do too. But I know that it, you know we're we don't have the we don't have the market on uh, recovery, and in the, the AA literature even says that too that we don't we don't go around saying we're the only answer. We right. say this is what we, this is what we have found has worked, and again, if you want it, great. It's freely offered. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not forced on anybody, and that to me is a kind of a lot like God too. I, you know, God yeah. is not uh, demanding 
that we turn to God. God's asking, inviting, uh, but uh, uh, that's true love. True love is is that you're willing to uh, be rejected. Wow. Wow. Tom, I can't I can't uh, thank you enough for uh, being willing to talk with us tonight. And I there's there I want to I want to finish off with one really broad question. So just talk okay. about you know however this hits you. Um, but but how would you say in all of your experience with the twelve steps, what what stands out as being the thing that you have gotten the most out of spiritually out of that out of wow. this experience? Well, that's a What's that's a, a pretty big question, but <laughs> I know um, I know I I think okay I think if I had to pick a word. Uh, the word is gratitude, uh, and if you're grateful, you can't be hateful at the same time. It's I just don't think those two coexist at the, at the same time. So um, an attitude, you know, you people have heard that expression, an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. Uh, and it might That's sound right. a little cliche or trite, but it's but it's true. Uh, being grateful for anything that you can think of to be grateful for. There's so many things uh, in our in our life, our world, our universe that are just amazing. Uh, and um, not everybody has every one of those things. You know, some people uh, have, have, you know, have lost uh, sight or hearing or speech or some people have accidents and it damages mm. their minds and things like that. But they still, if they're alive, they got something, uh, and yeah. uh, I do believe that there's more to uh, to life than we uh, are aware of, and uh, and we'll probably find out. I'm 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 hoping we're going to find out more about that uh, when when our earthly life passes. Um, that's that's another AA saying too of there more more will be revealed. Hmm. Which I always kind of like. More will be revealed. More will be revealed. Well, this has been this has been rich. Thank you so much, Tom, and I I appreciate hey, thanks, your time. Thanks for, having, thanks for having me on. I hope I, your uh, I hope it didn't go too long winded. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was it was fantastic, and um, um, you know, you, uh, pray for us as we continue, and pray for me as I continue to try to lead this. Um, this of course, is a, and, this and is please, a big task. Please, please pray for me too, because I I still need okay. a lot of help. <laughs> okay, okay, Tom. Thanks, John. Cool. Thank, thank you, my friend. It. God bless. You, yeah. You too. Bye bye. God bless. Well, there you go, folks. We're we're still at it. Stay with us. We still got a few more weeks. Um, we uh, we do have Steve Arterburn coming very very soon. I'm not sure about next week, but we will uh, be letting you know soon when he's going to be on. Um, this is going to be uh, we're going to continue uh, with the 12 steps until we feel like we have we have gotten everything we can squeeze out of it. But uh, boy, I can say here's a guy for 27 years is still learning from it. So it's, you know, there's a reality here. 
Um, we're just kind of, I feel like I'm just getting my toe in the water, but hey, it's worth it. There's some really good stuff here. And uh, so God bless you. Come back next week. Stay with the kids. Keep up. Do what, do what God teaches you about your life and about growth and about facing into the real stuff that we all need. God bless you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.